You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We take a pause from this wonderfully graphic conversation uh, with Dr. James Ham to bring in our man Akash Anavarathan of Niners Nation. Akash uh, hope you had a wonderful Christmas, man. Appreciate you joining us. And we'll start with this. There's going to be a lot of talk uh, moving forward about postseason awards uh, for some of these San Francisco 49ers. I'll ask you, who is the MVP of the San Francisco 49ers? I think it's pretty simple. I think it's the guy that's going to end up winning the Defensive Player of the Year award. I think it's Nick Bosa. Hmm. And coming into this season where he just had a 15-and-a-half sack season coming off of that ACL year. You know, a lot of talk around how he had improved uh, during the offseason. And, you know, he, he came into this season and has been leading in basically every metric that you look at, whether that's sacks or pressures, quarterback hits, hurries, tackles for loss, um, you know, pass rush win rate, et cetera, et cetera. And he's making the impact plays. Right, It feels like when the 49ers are kind of on their heels a little bit, they need a big play on defense, somehow, some way, 97 is in the backfield, whether yeah. it's making a sack, whether it's forcing the fumble against uh, Taylor Heineke the other day, uh, you know, stopping uh, the opposing running backs in the run game. Just feels like his imprint is everywhere. And I know a lot of people talk about Jimmy Garoppolo's win-loss record right, compared to the other quarterbacks. But since 2019, when the 49ers had Nick Bosa, I think they're like 38-16, and 16, mm-hmm. something like that. So they win a lot of games when he's on the field. And I feel like he's been their best player of the season and well-deserving of MVP for their team. Yeah, Kosh, those, those are some great points, man. And I, I don't disagree. 97 is, is phenomenal. Um, the one thing I, I will say, though, when you talk about MVPs, and this is kind of – off the beaten path. I don't know what number he is, but it may be that guy in the baseball hat. It may be Kyle Shanahan. What he's been able to do with this this 49ers team, again, that has had to deal with major injuries throughout this season is phenomenal. And Jamie probably sick of me saying this, but I used to always say, I want Kyle Shanahan to be like Mike Tomlin, whereas mm-hmm. the Steelers aren't always great. They're not always loaded, but they're always there every single year and the Steelers by the way still not eliminated crazy enough they, they are in contention Yo, playing the Raiders will do that to you <laughs> they're yeah. still in contention with this sorry group right here Tomlin's amazing but Kyle Shanahan seems to be on that same level now we're going on four or five years of him at least giving his team either from having a chance to being like a top NFL team talk about the job that he's done um, this year with 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 this group Honestly, he would be the front runner for coach of the year if it wasn't for Nick Sirianni. 
and the Eagles, who look like they're going to catch 15 wins this season, it feels like. Just because, I mean, think about what happened. Coming into the season, all the talk was about Trey Lance and this you know, young quarterback that they took uh, at the top of the first round and how he was going to develop. And, you know, a game and a half into the season, boom, you got to throw that out the window. And you got to, you know, even though Jimmy Garoppolo's been here, it, there's a little bit of reacclimation there given the fact that he had a, had a training camp or an off season, And so quickly you pivot there. And then Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt. You have the seventh-round rookie, Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. He comes in, and it feels like they just haven't really skipped the beat at the most important position in all of sports. And, yeah, obviously there's a ton of talent across the field, but, you know, consistently you look at their team, and it feels like, especially the last two years, kind of once they hit that midpoint and they kind of catch a groove a little bit, Right last year they fell to three and five, and then they found themselves. This year they fell to three and four, added Christian McCaffrey, and it feels like they found themselves. And they're just such a well-coached team on both sides of the ball, and that's you know credited to Nico Ryan's. And ultimately that was a Kyle Shanahan hire. He handpicked you know him to be his defensive coordinator. And on both sides of the ball, they're just efficient, disciplined. It always feels like they know what they're doing at you know all 22 guys on the field, and that's a testament to coaching. And you know, we look at their records and we talk a lot about Jim Harbaugh and what he did. And I'm a big fan of what he did in those four seasons. He won 44 regular season games in those four seasons. Hmm. Kyle Shanahan, since 2019, right, when that team and roster really started to come together, he's won 40 in the same span. And Jim Harbaugh had five playoff wins. Kyle Shanahan's had four playoff wins. And, you know, we, we talk about Harbaugh like an elite head coach, which is well-deserved. And, I feel like Kyle Shanahan's been every bit of that since 2019, and I feel like a lot of people talked about firing him at one point this season. So there's some early season disappointments, but you know when they hit their groove, it feels like this team uh, is unstoppable. You know, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned all of these weapons that the, the 49ers have, and it seems like the one guy who kind of gets left out of the conversation, because you've got Kittle, you've got Debo, you've got McCaffrey, but it's Brandon Ayuk. Um, mm. and he's leading the team in receiving yards. He's been he's one of the great route runners in the game. Just how does he keep getting overlooked? And and what is sort of your ceiling for him? Because he he seems like he's got more room to grow, especially if they just go his way a little bit more. Absolutely, and and it's almost a detriment to him because there are so many other receiving options. I feel like if Brandon Ayuk was on a different team where maybe he was the focal point of the offense or if he was, you know, the number one receiving option, his stats, his individual stats would look significantly better. And especially in, you know, in a day and age where it feels like a lot of stuff is driven by fantasy stats, right? Receiving touchdowns and yards and catches. And that's kind of how we stack, you know, where receivers are. It feels like Brandon, you get kind of left out of those conversations just because maybe his numbers at the end of the day don't look as, uh, you know, as Gowdy, but in, you know, game to game, he, you know, has consistently been healthy this entire season. Like you mentioned, probably the best route runner on the team. It feels like when they need a play, it's either him or Jawan Jennings, um, like on third down in the red zone, et cetera. And, you know, his effort level in the run game as a blocker has also been uh, spectacular. And I just think he's really rounded out into becoming, you know, a, a complete receiver. And 
um, you know, his route tree is, is complete. And I feel like at any time, you know, he's, he's uh, capable of making a big play. I'd say, you know, the one area of improvement probably are just his drops. It feels like he has some uncharacteristic drops in some high leverage situations for a player of his caliber. I think he had like a key third down drop last week, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So um, just, just little things for him to clean up. But his growth from where he was at earlier last season right in the doghouse to where he's at now is just a complete 180 this is just how incredible this 49ers team is because you know Akash opened up talking about Nick Bosa you mentioned uh Kyle Shanahan KC James brought up uh Brandon Ayuk we've referenced Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and not a single reference to the fact that the best player in professional football Hmm. might be a San Francisco 49er and that's the now 10-time pro bowler Trent Williams Mm. Uh, having an anchor like that, Akash, uh, for this offense with the constant change at the quarterback position has to be it has to be settling for for Kyle Shanahan and for the offense as a whole. Absolutely. It's just one position you don't have to worry about in terms of, you know, providing uh, tight end help or a running back in pass protection on Trent Williams side. You can just you can just chalk up 71 and say, in the past game, he's going to take care of whoever the edge rusher is in front of him. And Washington, you know, is probably as good of a defensive line as there is in the NFL. I think they've got like four first-round picks. They had Chase Young back this week. And they tallied four total pressures all game. And, you know, that's not just a testament to Williams. It's a testament to those young guys in the middle. Aaron Banks, Spencer Burford, Dan Brunskill, Jake Brendel. Like, they've really come along since, you know, we spoke about it probably before the season – and we talked about the interior of that offensive line being a concern, and they've they really just kind of grown up in front of our eyes. And you know, having the best left left tackle in the sport um, hold down you know one of the tackle spots definitely helps. And even Mike McGlinchey, for for some of the criticism he gets, has has played um, well as of late. Really great stuff, Akash. Man, we appreciate you as always. We appreciate you this year, man. Have a happy new year, and we'll be uh, looking forward to talking to you as as we get into these playoffs. Of course, fellas. Happy New Year. Talk to you soon. Take care. All right. Man. That's a man, Akash Anavarath, Niners Nation. Uh, good stuff from him. I can't get over sometimes how overlooked I think Trent Williams is. We talked about this last week. Like <laughs> We don't even mention the best offensive it, lineman in the game. <laughs> yeah, right. He is. It, it, and it, he's just, he's so great at what he does mm-hmm. that he's got, he's gotten, <laughs> he's legit at the LeBron level. Yeah. Where you take it for granted, like he's he's so good, you just yeah, that's what we. Ex- what did Akasha say? Two pressures for that. And it, it, this this was a uh, uh, a Durs as as Nick Wagner <laughs> referred Durs. to him, the Durs, <laughs> a team that desperately needed that win. Yeah. And number hey, oh, okay, what's what's our number one approach? Well, you just heard Akash reference that defensive line. Get to that third string quarterback. Mm-hmm. They couldn't do it to save their life. They no. couldn't do it to save their season. No, and, and then look, how many times are you watching a 49ers game and and whether it's Greg Olson or Moose Johnston or Mark Sanchez or some they talking about the Christian McCaffrey or Liza Mitchell go for a twenty five yard run. They run the replay back. Hey, if you want to get your running game going, how about running right behind the big fella number seventy one? Look at the room he cleans out here every game. Like two times a game. Every game. That same thing happens. And like you said, I, 
I'm guilty of it as much as anybody. I'll be forgetting about my boy 71. That's my guy, though. You know, Trent, that's my no, boy. That's, that's, that's the man. That's yeah. the man for sure. We'll come back. Uh, Dr. James Ham will give us more graphic explanations as to what happened yeah. to okay. uh, DeMontis Sabonis. Um, he'll, he's going to try to get one of us to puke uh, before the show <laughs> is over. That's for sure. We'll come back. We'll talk more Kings basketball. We'll dabble in the NFL as well. Much more ahead. D'Lo Casey, James Ham here on ESPN 1320. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. No, no, no. Back to D-Lo and KC. D-Lo and KC on ESPN 1320. Imagine if Derek Carr gets benched. Oh, who's the backup? Anybody know? Raiders still, backup. Is it still Peterman? <laughs> I it might no be. Idea. There's no Mariota. Oh, that's who it is. It's yeah. the the old uh, the old Patriots guy. That's who it Church is. Stendham. Put him in. Put him in on Sunday. Yeah. yeah very very well might. <laughs> yeah. Very well might. Where did we where did where did we collectively enjoy this weekend of football with 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 all those games? There were games. Saturday. There were games Thursday, Saturday, yeah. Sunday, and Monday. I'll be honest with you. Last game I watched was Dolphins Packers. I didn't watch a no, no, single take that second of I, last night's game. I absolutely didn't watch that. I take that back. I did watch the fourth quarter in overtime of Bucks Cardinals only because the NBA had some duds on Christmas Day mm-hmm. too. Like those, yeah. none of, until the end, none of those games were close. So I did watch the end of that Bucks game, but. On Saturday, it was great, though. That was thought, not an exciting game. Just because it went to over, no, like, it was it not. Was not. Like, it, it was, was very poorly played. It was, it was tough. Yeah, <laughs> it was it terrible. Was tough. Yeah. 
Yeah, I really uh, I enjoyed Saturday. I enjoyed yeah, Saturday the, was fun. Yeah. Plus, we were in the fantasy football, the basically conference championship, trying to get to the Super Bowl. And we did you were, make it? We smashed. We oh, made smashed. smashed them boys. Yeah. Nice, Sam. Yeah, very had, good. We had a very very good uh, good weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I enjoyed. I think Saturday Saturday was tough. I think it was like. Re- I think we went multiple screens on Saturday because there was a point where the the basketball game I was most <laughs> the basketball game I was most locked into was the Knicks and the Seventy Sixers, and I think it's only because of the time of day it was on. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I was all about that game, yeah. and then I, I caught quite a bit of the Lakers because uh, I think the oh, Lakers were on next. That was pathetic. They were up at like fifteen and got blown, and then out it by blew like it. Yeah, and I, I, and then everything else at that point was kind of background noise. Even the Celtics Bucks was kind of background. No, noise Lakers ain't making the playoffs. Just straight up, they're not making the playoffs. This is it's yeah. it's crazy to say because they got LeBron. I know AD's hurt or whatever, but it's really LeBron. Like LeBron James not gonna make the playoffs again, but they're not making the playoffs. Man, it, 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 so like the way you phrase that, like LeBron James not gonna make the playoffs again, th- that that doesn't speak to LeBron. That speaks to how awful no, this yeah. Lakers team has been constructed since he got there. No, not saying it's his fault by any means. It's just well, there's I mean, one thing that might be his fault. Buddy, I love him. That Buddy no. Hill's not there? Well, that someone who might fit his style of play more isn't there. Yeah. Like he went to get – he wanted Russell Westbrook, and I, I kind of get the appeal. I don't get the appeal for Russell Westbrook for LeBron. Like mm-hmm. that's the part that I just have never understood is, well, LeBron overruled this, and he wanted him to go get Russell Westbrook. I can't figure it out from LeBron's at Like why did you want that? Just, Not because of the way people feel about Russell Westbrook, but because of the way Russell Westbrook plays. Right? Why would you feel like that compliments you? I think there's. It may not compliment him because all jokes aside, I get Buddy, I get Demar Derozan, I get all of these different players mm-hmm. that you, I don't get. Why he thought Russell Westbrook would work? I, I think the appeal there is just the fact you know you got more elite talent because it's Russ, AD, and LeBron. Yeah, you get more elite talent. I mean, and. Uh, to be fair to LeBron, I've got to tell a story. The issue isn't necessarily Russell Westbrook. It's the fact that Anthony Davis can't play games. When Anthony Davis is there, they're at least a playoff team. Yeah, I, I agree. But I also think you're getting like a, you're getting a minimized version of Russell Westbrook because he's on your team. You're not getting this version of Russell Westbrook on any other roster in the league except this. No, I'm not. I'm not disputing that. I'm. I'm just saying, if Anthony Davis is healthy, if Anthony Davis is, and we know he can't do it, but I'm just saying, like, if he's playing 70 games, maybe not a championship lock or nothing like that, but they're a playoff team. They probably won a series. Even the year they lost to Phoenix and went to the NBA Finals, the whole series changed when AD's growing got hurt. Yeah, but AD's played 25 games this year, and they're still horrible. Yeah, and they, when he played, they were like, they were they were one he of the hottest a, teams in basketball. He was played. the six week MVP, like, yeah. or, or four week MVP. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think they were like, if I had to guess, like ten and four. It was probably their best stretch of basketball. Okay, yeah. so they're uh, two and five without him, but that still doesn't make them a playoff team. That like, doesn't add up. He's only missed seven games this year. Yeah. 
Yeah, really? He's, he's played 25 games. Yeah. Wow. So that's what I mean. So so they're 11 and 15 with him. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. When you go into a season, you, you don't have any shooters. I mean, their best shooter last year was Malik Monk, and he's on the Kings roster. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really basic. You don't need superstars if you have two superstars. You need really good role players. Even the role players they got, the the Schroeders and Lonnie Walkers, they're not defined role players. They're not... They're not guys who have like throughout their career have either like had a role and and succeeded really well in it, or guys that are willing to accept a role like uh, like Schroeder, who mm. you know literally left that team left like eighty three million dollars on the table because he thought he was going to go get a hundred something else somewhere else, and has made like ten million dollars since. So like it's his you, agent's fault, not his. Yeah, but the point is that you had a guy who didn't want to accept who he was as a player. Mm-hmm. And so you just load it up with guys like that. And that team's just not very good, like, mm-hmm. outside of those guys. And it shows you that you just can't load up a roster with superstars, especially aging superstars and, and injury-prone superstars, yeah. and think that you're going to be able to make it. Well, I ain't shedding no tears for them. Don't cry for me, Argentina. I ain't worried about that. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> they can go to hell, straight to hell. I okay, did. Okay, like show. Bro, did you hear what I just said? What Why is, did that have to be played? Where 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 does Don't Cry for Me Argentina come from? Uh it's I feel the like the Madonna movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, th- oh that's the origins of the reference is the Madonna yeah. song. Right, oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Right. Well, I'm sure that there's a reason why it's in there. Like uh, I don't know anything sure. about the movie. Don't really yeah. know much about the song, but I know that that reference. Yeah. I did. Uh, I did meet Rob Palinka at the game when the last Wednesday. Really, uh, I was standing with uh, Mark Jones, which if you ever want to meet cool people, stand with Mark Jones. <laughs> like me and Mark Jones, like, we stand there, and then all of a sudden it's like people come over, and it's like, hey, look at this, this is pretty cool. Um, so yes, even close up, he looks just like Roblo. <laughs> <laughs> but he was super nice and like introduced himself and you know shook hands and super nice guy. And I, I learned something interesting about Mark Jones too. Mark Jones's family, um, wherever he is on Christmas Day, the whole family flies to that city and they meet up for Christmas. Oh, oh very cool. good. That's yeah, really so cool. it's a tradition yeah. that they had. So I think this year they were in Boston. Well, that's yeah. good because he literally has to work every single Christmas. So that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's that's great. And it's always a different city, and you yeah. you get your assignment a couple of like two months early, and you know where you're going to be. And so that's the way his his life has been for. Decades, and so the family like flies into wherever he's at. Yeah. Really and it, cool. it's, I mean, I mean, Mark's, I mean, it's, it's Mike Breen and Mark Jones there, so he's always going to get a good game. Like mm-hmm. he'll always get, oh yeah, one of the best games of the day. Was oh uh, no, he was in uh, Golden State. I had the volume down for that game because we were doing stuff. I was like, was Breen anywhere this this year? But he was in Golden State, right? With Van Gundy, is that well, that was his game? I'm pretty I sure remember. it was. I, 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 that, I was that fully was background in the noise. Thing. Yeah, yeah, that was so background. That was background um, noise at that point. The funny thing that you say, it's not funny, but interesting thing you say about Rob Palenka and everything is I've heard that more times than not when people meet these guys that just get destroyed by public opinion and in the media. Like how you talk about Rob is like a really nice guy. I, I yeah. People here. Vlade. Well, look, I'll even go, people here go crazy over Pete D'Alessandro. I've heard he's like the nicest guy ever. Like he's a really nice guy. Made mistakes, 
Oh, I guess. James oh, you got a ham face. Yeah. Oh, you got a, you got, you got a face. <laughs> I heard he's like really nice though. Like people are like, oh, he's really cool. They they seen him at Starbucks and talked to him, and they're like, no, nah, he was really nice with his time and really cool. I mean, yeah, I guess like, like I actually thought for a while, like I was, I really liked Pete as well. Mm. Um, I just, I have this saying, just don't lie to me. Mm. Like, if you can't tell me what the truth is. Then tell me I, I can't I can't tell you what the truth is. What you can't do is just flat out lie to me. And then the worst part with with Pete was like we had a moment where he was telling me something that wasn't true, but he knew that I knew what he was saying wasn't true. Mm-hmm. And so there's nothing worse than someone who is fully in like insulting your intelligence. But they know that you know that they're lying. And that's when it comes to a point where it's like, dude, I, I just don't want to talk to you anymore. You just, I, I'm just going to walk away now because what you're saying is completely false. And it's horrible that you're trying to spend something where you guys messed up. And, you know, like I'm sure there are a lot of fans that love Pete D'Alessandro. He's the guy who got on the. Well, that, I've yet I to meet them. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> well, no, he's the guy that got on the far. the the bus going from Arco to Golden State, and sat there and talked trash about his starting point guard Isaiah Thomas the entire trip. So yeah, fans love him because he's like out there and would like have conversations with you. But those stories are real. They're not mm. some mystical beast of the Pete D'Alessandro era. They're like, you look at somebody and like, dude, what are you doing? You can't do something like that. Oh, yeah, facts. So facts. I agree. Even, and, and he's Way not to piss in off this. James, Kenny. Jeez. <laughs> Jacques Vaughn. <laughs> There's no, I'm like, not going to take that from Jacques Vaughn. <laughs> there are plenty of people out there, though, that like I deal with on a deal. They aren't really good people. They're really nice people. And I'm not saying that Pete is a horrible person. I'm just saying, like, there are things that you can't do in that job that, yeah. that cross a line and, that like kind of puts you in a situation where Jacques well, might be coach of the year. He might be coach of the year. I want to yeah. talk about that, but I was going to even give a shout out to, and he's not looked at the same way as Pete D'Alessandro or Vladi Divac. But the interaction I had with Monty McNair, the first time I met him, I said, Monty McNair, what's up, man? I'm Kenny Carroll, Dion KC, man. I, I, I ain't going to lie to you, man. I shook his hand. I was like, I ain't going to lie to you, man. This was his first. No, because we were back in the building. So it might have been – it was last year when everything yeah. was going haywire. I was like, Monty, man, hey, man, I ain't going to lie to you. I'll be on your head on the show. And he's like, oh, it's okay. Like, you got a job to do. Like, I'm not tripping. If I do good in my job, then you'll say positive things. Like, I don't take it personally. I was like, damn it, Monty, you've won me over. <laughs> Monty is a, is a very nice guy. Like, and he's extremely bright. I mean, he's a Princeton guy. He's, like, really, really intelligent. But – uh, like he's he's taken a long time to warm up. Like he's an introvert. Where Pete mm-hmm. Alessandro like walked in and Pete is a salesman. Like right away you're like, oh, bad one. Oh yeah, I got you. <laughs> like I I know who you are. I that's and you you deal with like within the like the confines of who someone is. Like in this job, you figure out who they are pretty quickly, and and then you try to like you know work with what you got. And uh, he was a guy who just like he liked to pitch you things, and you know the handling of the Mike uh, Mike Malone situation was just like ridiculously horrible, and and to let Mike go was ridiculously horrible. Since Mike Malone is in town, one of the all time great dudes, uh, he didn't handle that situation well either. Mike didn't, mm-hmm. um, but you know they got to a point where like 
Mike would walk by Pete's office to go to his office and then Pete would call him or text him even though he knew he was in his office he just walked by and he knew he was there and so they had this thing where they wouldn't even communicate like the last six months they were in the building they didn't communicate at all mm. there's a point where sounds healthy <laughs> they were both at summer league and when it's like we told Pete like yeah hey we, we saw Mike last night oh I didn't know he was here <laughs> oh, yeah you didn't know your head coach was here <laughs> in Vegas like what do you mean at summer league you don't know that your head coach is here like there was some major issues there. Mike Malone currently twenty one and eleven in the Denver Nuggets, the latest team to lead the Western Conference so far this year. We've seen Phoenix, we've seen Memphis, we've seen New Orleans, we've seen Denver. I can't remember if we've seen the Clippers. I don't think that we have. Uh, no. So we've seen several different teams uh, lead the Western Conference so far, and there's Sacramento right now, uh, seventeen and fourteen. Um, paraphrase a message that came in from our man Edgar over here on youtube.com slash ESPN1320. You think this situation uh, with Sabonis uh, increases uh, the volume of phone calls Monty might be making uh, as February approaches? Yeah, I think so because like we talked about this last week, right? We talked about how the, the fact that Sabonis injured his left hand last week we keep talking, you know, what are they going to do with this, like, 12 minutes a game where they can't find a backup center that can actually either stay on the court or can abide by the rules or can figure things out, right? But the biggest question was, well, if you can't figure out 12 minutes, what are you going to do if you have 48 to figure out? Mm-hmm. And more specifically, the 34, 35 that you usually play Sabonis. And it's a big deal. And I think this is just furthers that discussion that, if you don't have the right guy when Sabonis is there, what are you going to do if Sabonis is out long term? And you need to start like working the phones and making sure that you have the position covered. Now, there's always a possibility that when you give someone 40 minutes or you give someone 30 minutes, that it, they figured it out. You know, they get comfortable in their role really quickly and they figure it out. And all of a sudden, you build someone up. And when they go back to reduce role, they now have a better idea of what they need to do when they go in the game. Mm-hmm. So there is always that possibility that you you sort of trigger something in somebody. But man, you're you have playoff like aspirations. If you're going to be a playoff aspiration team and you haven't been there for 16 years, you can't leave a known hole in in your rotation. And it's at this point, it's a known hole. You know that you have an issue there, and at this point, you you really have to go and do something. Do you think Mike Brown has made too much of that situation, and now it's become one? And I say that saying because I was talking to Damien about this the other day, and I feel like if he wouldn't have said what he said after the game, and whoever it was, Metu, Holmes, Gata, just let them play a little bit as opposed to two minutes, and then you're not in for the rest of the day. Like, now it's a situation. The combination, all that, now it's a situation, and we're all watching it. All eyes are on these guys. They're handling a little different. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes, and it still could be the situation where, you know, he's put the spotlight on these guys and somebody's going to step up, as opposed to what I feel like, hey, even if Metu, I'm just using him as an example. You can use Holmes or Keta. Even if they're not playing perfect, let them play through it and work through it out a little bit more than what they have. You think he's made a little bit too much of this situation and now it's become a thing? Maybe, but at the same time, 
I mean, Metu had 19 games to prove that he can lock down that position. They were willing to give it to him for the rest of the season. And then the fade came out of nowhere. And it was, like, very, very pronounced. Like, what in the world just happened? Like, where are we going to go? We can't keep running you out there. Which I don't know why it happened with, with Chemezi. Like, he was on the right path, and then all of a sudden he lost his way for a sec. So you're right. It could have worked itself out. I think one of the problems is you knew they're going up against Embiid and Alex Len literally got left in the hotel in New York because he was so sick and they just had to leave him there. And so you pulled up Kata because you needed a big body that could possibly go up against Embiid. Mm -hmm. And then it's almost like unfair to throw Kata against the Wolves and then say, okay, we're not going to, we're just going to send you back to the G League. Talk about a way to destroy the, like, your confidence of your young players. So I, I think what they did last week was, to start giving him some minutes just to see what he can do because like what we talked about, like he's the guy who is the skill set wise is the closest to Sabonis. You cannot replace Sabonis. Mm-hmm. But he is the guy who's the closest to it. Like he sets the mean picks. He can actually block shots where Sabonis really isn't a shot blocker at all. Um he needs to get better as a rebound. There there are things he can do, but he, he can also pass. And so I think getting uh giving Kata some some love and, and some burn you know, maybe it came at the wrong time because you thought you would win the two games that you lost last week, mm-hmm. um, and it didn't work out like you'd hoped. And I'm not going to put that on Kata. Um, but I think the other problem is that, like, you get people all amped up when Kata goes 5-of-5 five five against the Lakers and scores 10 points and has these monster dunks. Kata didn't play well in that game either. And, and that's something that, like, it, it gets disguised by the fact that he goes 5-of-5 five five from the field, but... Like, he started off the game dropping, like, three or four rebounds out of bounds. Mm. Like, that position is not who can get to 10 points fast enough, which is something that I think Metu has to learn. It's something that Rashawn Holmes has to learn. It's something that Kata has to learn. Scoring doesn't matter at all at that position. You need to set screens. You need to play defense without fouling. You need to protect the rim, and you need to rebound. That is how you hold down that position. And they're not listening to that. It's it's that mo- that moment where everyone thinks that in order to get more minutes you have to score more, and that's not it. They this team has plenty of scores. They need something different from that spot. So yeah, I, I think it's an interesting situation they've got themselves into because now you do have a revolving door, and now Sabonis is hurt, and and now Alex Len, who's played twenty five minutes all year, might start a game, and you're like, what in the world is happening? Mm-hmm. But I, I would point this out: like you're playing Jokic. Alex Lynn is probably the best option you have if Sabonis isn't there. Realistically, he's the longest. He's has the most experience against a player like that, and he can do it. So it's interesting. And Jokic might drop thirty-five to forty on him. That's that's who we. But he also might have dropped thirty-five or forty on Domas. That's who he is. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. I wouldn't like you. You can't panic off of what Jokic does to all your bigs like mm-hmm. yeah this is this is what he does all you could do is try and make sure you get as you know many good minutes as possible from those guys the one thing with Lynn though um if he's able to play is you're always concerned about him in an up and down type game well that's probably not gonna be the case against Denver and Jokic although Murray gets up and Gordon obviously gets up and down Jokic isn't really running the floor like that yeah but you need to play to your strength not to theirs that's true too yeah, that's true. So, they move I mean, the ball a lot. I think they're second. Remembering Will Z's article this morning, I think they're second in the league in assists, team assists. Like you know, the number yeah. that I want, they're like twenty eight point 
five or twenty eight points. Something. No, the ball pops. Yeah, yeah. they they've got. They've got a ton of talent. I guess when you have the back-to-back MVP on the, it's it's it's, it's <laughs> easy to get some assists there. Who's uh, the best passing big man in the game? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just absolutely incredible. His vision, everything else. He is, he's basically like the next version of Vlade Divac. Like he, the, everything that he does, it looks so Vlade esque. He's just better at he's all of it. Vlade on steroids. Yeah, he's like, just like yeah. But he's also given an opportunity to be that great. Just like Sabonis has been given an opportunity to be great. Um, in Sacramento and elsewhere. I think you were hard on Kata. I thought Kata played well versus the Lakers. I, and, and, and we did point out the well, no. he, he has an ability to touch the ball a lot without necessarily grabbing it, yeah. which was, I just was always weird. He'll get his hands on a rebound. He just might not necessarily get the rebound. Yeah, but my point isn't to be – to to be like harsh on a player. It's to show it's to tell fans that like just because he's scoring, that doesn't mean he's going to keep the position because that is not what's being asked of him. And I even we had this really interesting exchange between Mike Brown and I think it was Brendan. Brendan asked a really good question of Mike Brown. When Sabonis is on the floor, they do all these DHOs, the dribble handoffs, right? And so what they're doing right there is they're feeding Sabonis and then they're allowing Sabonis to control everything around him. So either he hands off a ball or he fakes a handoff, he turns, he can attack the basket, or he turns, he finds another player in a different position. When they switch to a guy like Kata, they actually go from a DHO situation to a straight pick-and-roll situation. Mm -hmm. So as opposed to Sabonis making the decision for the players around him, uh, Kata is now the guard is making the decision and not Kata. So Kata knows where he needs to be. So it's a it's a subtle difference at DHO versus a a pick and roll. But now Kata is basically a screener moving around and setting these screens and then diving um, as opposed to having the ball in his hands. The guard has the ball in his hands and is controlling what's happening. So it's a really subtle difference that you're seeing between these two. But it's sort of like the evolution of Kata is to teach him how to be a passer within that situation. So when he does get the ball in the high post, he he's usually just setting a screen and then handing it back off. But he's not making a bunch of crazy passes. Two years from now, the hope is that maybe you can do that with him because he does have good court vision. He does have soft hands. He does have he is a good passer. We're just not there yet with him. And but it's it's a really interesting like difference between the two. And then if you look at Kata, I mean, if you look at Chemezi or you look at Rashawn Holmes, neither of those guys even have that in their bag. And, and so it is something where it separates Kata from the other two, especially on the offensive end. Hmm. We'll come back. Um, we'll talk more Kings basketball, Kings and Nuggets tonight. For those just tuning in, uh, Domas is still listed as questionable uh, for tonight's game. Uh, that's all we know right now uh, regarding his status. Uh, so we'll come back uh, and we'll talk more with James Ham, Kenny Caraway, Damian Barling here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. D-Lo and KC. D-Lo and KC continues on ESPN 1320. I feel like we haven't given football. It's, it's just due today. It's basketball season. Nah, there's a lot that happened in football. A lot going to happen on Saturday, too. Let's go. Let's go. How are you even pumped for this? Like, the Raiders lost to, like, some version of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Man, that game is on Sunday. I'm talking about Saturday. The the road to the national championship. 
Let's go. Let's go. Why are you even excited for that? Like you gotta you basically gotta buy. So did Georgia. We're even. <laughs> okay. Ouch. All right. No, that's fine. Enjoy your moment, pal. Enjoy your moment. I come in here in, was, in bulldogs gear on uh leading into that national championship. I was watching uh ESPN Plus has one of those like I don't know what you call it, but it's the typical, like the run. All access. Yeah, yeah. For, for the four teams. And I was watching, um, I saw half of it, and they did Georgia and Ohio State. And uh, they were at Ohio State's, like, facilities. And, jeez. Oh, it's absurd. The football, the football practice facility has a basketball court in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, those. So, so they can mess around and get some shots up in the, in the uh, football facility those major those major facilities are just absurd yeah. just absurd nuts um james got a message that i swear like i thought he had an update he made a face like he had a scoop uh he insists that he doesn't we're waiting to find out if the Simonis is going to be playing tonight and I'm, I'm guessing james we probably won't know until we have to know which is hour and a half six six thirty thirty Oh, thirty minutes. Yeah, I'm. I'm guessing that's when we'll 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 find out if 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 Delmas is in fact uh, available or not. So, what's going on with the? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, how am I supposed to concentrate now? Um, <laughs> there was so there was something that Ham said um, before we went to break that I I wanted to talk about. Yeah, and it's not. Thanks it's for not being even, the professional here. It's it? not even like a real big deal, but we were talking about Kata, and you were talking about like they want to groom him into being able to you know run the offense through him and pass her and all this other stuff. I don't think that's him, and I don't think that's something that you groom somebody about. Like, they can either handle the ball. Like, for instance, Harry Giles. Harry Giles could handle the ball from there, make certain passes. That's just what he did. I don't see that from Kata. Like, I don't think that'll ever be him. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting because – but it's different. What we're talking about is exactly what I was trying to describe. Like, Sabonis – how Sabonis handles handles the ball, how he can hit a, a cutter, how he can do all of those things. That's very, very like next level Harry Giles, right? Mm-hmm. It's like three steps above what Giles, just because he's been able to mature into what he is. Mm-hmm. So uh, when it comes to Kata, like you hope that he can do some of that stuff, but realistically, you're always going to have that, that idea with him that most of the time he's going to be a screen setter. He is a guy that can get the ball down low and kick it out for a wide open look. But at the G League level, I mean, he's averaging three assists a game. Mm. So that's not bad. No. That, I mean, that's that's no, no, like no. a good start because what you're trying to do is you're trying to bring skills out in a player. Like, look at Bam Adebayo. He was not a great passer at the college level, but they all saw his court vision and thought that he could be a great passer. And now he's developed into a very, very good passing big man. Mm-hmm. And so just a little different. Um where I don't think Kata can be that, but I still think Kata can be a guy you run the ball through a bunch, especially in crunch time. And he's a guy that if you, you let him go down to the block and you feed him the ball, he's going to score a lot of the time. I mean, he's a huge man. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it's fine. We're talking about Keita and Chemezi, and you know, there's 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 going to be a very large contingent of Kings fans who want to see uh, Rashawn Holmes based off nothing else other than the reception that he got on Friday when he entered the game. But if and and, and again, for those who are just tuning in, this is a if uh, Sabonis does not play tonight or or or, or doesn't play tomorrow. Feels like the bigger the the bigger thing for me is De'Aaron Fox. Like, all right, one of your playmakers is out. Uh, the, the 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 center of the Kings universe is out. You're still De'Aaron Fox. If there's two All Stars on this team, you're the you're the other All Star. Like, you have the ability to ascend this. To me, it's a lot of pressure on him. It's a different position. I understand that, but he has to he has to become the primary playmaker and primary scorer like he has to elevate a little bit and I feel like that's what this boils down to more than anything involving Keita or Chemezi or 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 even Rashawn or Alex Lynn yeah I mean I think the point too that I'll I'll back that up with is that De'Aaron Fox has only played with Demonis Sabonis for like 45 games right 50 games so before that he'd never played with another big man like this at all so he understands what the game is. He understands, like, of course, it's on a 30-win team. You know, so he didn't win all that much without a guy like this. But that doesn't mean that you can't win, that you didn't have opportunities, that you didn't figure out ways to do it. You didn't take over games. Uh, he needs to – well, we've seen – you remember when he first got back from injury, he went for a double-double the first game, and, and he had nine assists the second game. Well, the assist numbers have dried up again. Like he's if this is going to work, if Sabonis is going to be out tonight and tomorrow or like five games, whatever it might be, like he has to be a guy who's averaging eight to ten assists a game. He's got to feed his guys. He's got to set him up. He's got to break down the defense, the the scatter uh, assists that, that they like to get. That's what has to happen. Do you think like um, after talking to him, do you think he he? Uh, understands like okay I got to get back into you know I don't want to say put the team on my back mode but maybe that like I got to be the guy yeah. now yeah. you know what I mean like we're running th- I think it was I think it was you that talked to him the other the other day when he was like okay you know it's going to change it's going to be more pick and roll for me mm-hmm. um and you know it's time for everybody to step up so you think he's he's ready for the bigger load he has to be like it's it's a time. Like look at at some point, like you can't just rely either on other people or you can't just say, Well, we didn't win because of we didn't have our big guy. Like at some point you gotta step up and, and be a difference maker. And and I think he has like a huge amount of times this season and mm-hmm. over the course of his career. Um but it's gotta be consistent. You know, like there's an eighty two game season is brutal for everyone. And they need to like injuries happen. We know that. And so, like, you have to be able to step into these moments. And for that matter, Keegan Murray has to step up. Mm-hmm. Harrison Barnes has to step up. Uh, Kevin Herter has to step up. Like, no excuses for these guys. The The guys that are coming in and filling in for these positions, like, those guys cannot do what Sabonis does. They cannot fill the void. All three of them combined cannot get you a triple-double. They just can't do it. So that means that the other five, six, seven guys who are playing on that given night, whether that's Trey Lyles adding to this mix or it's Davion Mitchell or it's Malik Monk, everyone has to do a little bit more. Not try to do too much. Mm-hmm. They just need to do a little bit more of what they do and and do it better. And and then you can you can survive this. I mean that's 
but it can't just be all on Fox. And if they win or lose tonight, it can't be all on on Fox. That's that's not what it's about. You know, real, real quick, Dame. The, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, the one good thing about Demontis Sabonis and who he is as a player and where he excels is I don't want to say, you know, when he plays with his injury, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but he orchestrates the offense. Like if his offhand, off thumb is a little banged up, he can still do that. Like he can still do that at the Sabonis level, you know, with dribble handoffs and things of that nature. Rebounding is going to, you know, be something that we, we have to take a look at and see if he can still rebound the same. But I, I do think he can because he's a two-handed rebounder. If he was just a guy that went up with that hand, it may be, you know, effective. But he goes up with two hands and he can do that. And then we talk about the scoring. Well, there's been so many times this year where he's dominated a game with scoring seven points, taking four shots. So I say all that to say I'm just hoping, maybe I'm hoping a prayer, but maybe you you don't see that much of his production affected by this injury with him in there. And so that's easy for me to say on the sidelines and not being in his body, but there's the things that he does, I think he can still get done even with a thumb that's messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's really tough. I, I think the biggest area where they're they're going to get clobbered is on the glass. I mean, again, we talk about like Chemezi Metu. Chemezi Metu's had ten or more rebounds in his career three times. Mm. Like he's almost twenty six years old. That's not who he is. So mm. we can't expect something that is is counter to who they are. So again, Keegan Murray is going to have to step up. And be a better rebounder, and yeah. and Harrison Barnes is going to have to step up. And I think we, we've talked about this. De'Aaron Fox is like the the third leading rebounder on this team. He's got to st- he's going to have to average seven or eight rebounds a game while Sabonis is out, and, and come back and get the ball, and and then find ways to push. I mean, this team really is built around Sabonis. It's not built around Fox. Um, and you're going to have to figure that one out. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.